welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics that are relevant to women today. We'd love to continue the conversation with you and support you on your life's journey. Just join us in our community. Search Facebook for The Inspired Women Community and request to join. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Hey guys, today I'm here with my friend Shawnee. I met Shawnee at the first Modern Femme convention and we became fast friends and then we saw each other at the last Modern Femme convention. We both got to speak at it, so we're super excited to see her. And she just um, launched her book. It was this year, right? Beginning of this year? Yep. And I have it. It's sitting, it actually, it's probably sitting behind me in that big pile of books right there. Um, you can see that. They can't see that. But there's a big pile of books behind me. And it's, it's beautiful. And we're going to talk more about our book. <laughs> Shawnee Godwin is the president and CEO of Communique USA Incorporated, author of The Love Project, noted speaker and blogger, audiblevoices.com, which I'm going to link that up in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. Everything's great. You're a successful business owner and you're making money. Your life is flourishing. Your family is intact and you're, and you're healthy. Life is good. But what happens when each of these roles become bigger than the whole? Oh, I like that. For Shawnee Godwin, it was a path that led to uh, indiscriminate personal setbacks that were only surmountable by finding and speaking her truth. And she does that. And she does that very well. And I love it so much. Um, Actually, I went to her book launch party here in Hampton Roads. And I was blown away after I heard her story and everything. I'm like, I have to have her on the podcast. She has to come on. I don't, I got to make this happen. (laughs) After hitting the snooze button on life for a short while, Godwin emerged with a memoir that is the true homage to finding, finding the yourself in you by taking care of what matters most. Godwin now leverages her learnings in business, life, and community, and she's committed to helping others do the same. Shawnee Godwin is a motivational speaker that is committed to helping people optimize the sum of their parts by taking care of what matters most through work-life integration strategies, punctuated with real-life learning moments in time that have propelled her startup to a 15-year, 15-year, I didn't even know that, (laughs) thriving enterprise. Uh, Godwin explores topics such as boundary setting, people over profits, passion-driven work, and yes, sending yourself flowers when necessary. And that's part of the book. Um, I love it. So Shani, I am so happy that you're here on the podcast. I've, I've been looking forward to this interview um, since I heard you speak. Um, of course, we knew each other before that, but I got to know you even better at your launch party. And I would love for you to share a bit of your story and what inspired the love project, because that's what, that's what got me when I was sitting there at the launch party and you went into your story. I mean, you talk a little bit about it, about it in the beginning of the book, but it really took me. It really did. It got me right here in the heart. <laughs> well, firstly, I want to say thank you so, so much, Megan, for having me. Um, you're right. I feel like we have been talking about this moment forever. So I just want to pause and off the bat say thank you for um, allowing me space and time to share my story and my journey with the women in your audience and, and the listeners that follow you. And it's so funny and interesting Um, to me because the love project came out in January and here we are about seven months later and the story evolves. So every time I get to talk about it, I'm in a different place. My heart has healed more 
and it's like this really cool evolving thing that's happening and I get to meet so many great women like you who've come along for the journey. I'm as excited to share my story as I am about hearing and um, as I often do the stories of transformation that are happening with all the women that are doing the project. So the question you asked me was kind of what was the inspiration behind the book and mm. where and how did I get the idea from it? And I just cannot take credit for anything <laughs> because this is not the book that I thought I was writing that I have been working my butt off on for like 10 plus years. I officially will now admit and confess. I think I was working on the professional victim story of my life and the beauty of the love project is it, it is the project that for me launched me out of victim mode into victor mode. And so the inspiration honestly truly was a lot of heartache and pain. Um, at the time that I wrote the book, I had ended a four-year relationship that I'd been in that I just was certain was going to return me back to my life as a married woman. I'd suffered um, an unexpected divorce that was extremely painful about 10 years ago. I finally, you know, dated and kind of gotten back on my feet and found myself in this relationship where, um, just like with every relationship, I've realized it's great when it's great. And when it's time to move on your heart, your spirit, everything will tug at you. And for two of those four years, I really was trying to make it work and trying to stay. And I felt my light getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And the more I kind of fought it, the worse it got. And the tension of those moments finally led me honestly to Modern Femme, which is where I met you. And just something about that weekend at Modern Femme, I showed up kind of as Shawnee Communique USA, the business owner, to talk about some of our work-life balance strategies. And the most amazing thing happened. I never talked about anything related to my business. <laughs> so when God kind of does that, like, okay, hold up, God, like, I'm not trying to talk about her and her issues and her heartache and her divorce and all of that, but that is exactly what happened. So I, I tell people the moment that I was supposed to speak, I was in this icebreaker activity waiting to kind of get the microphone to speak and the icebreaker just started kind of taking off on its own. All the women had to, and that's where I met you at that table. Um, yeah. We had to grab a cup and fill our cup up with what was missing in our lives. And here I am at a conference as a speaker around a room full, a table full of women who I don't know. I'm the last person in this icebreaker activity and I'm holding a cup that has intimacy and happiness in it. And to have to vocalize in front of strangers why I am unhappy with where I am, it really brought to the surface the issues I've been struggling with in the relationship. And I had tried to get out of that relationship and move on. We kept like glue coming back to each other. You know how it, how it goes. And that conference was for me, something happened where I knew to move forward and keep going. And I also left that conference very certain now was my season to release this victim story I'd been working on got so much confirmation and affirmation from people. So I kind of went back home last May to kind of go write my memoir and, um, you know, leave that relationship. I knew God was calling me to kind of show back up in my life and go for the things I wanted, stop being a victim to a, a sad, depressing divorce storyline and go for it. 
what I didn't hear was go ahead and jump into another relationship because I'm that eager <laughs> and or hard-headed, however you looked at it. I chose to kind of jump into something else unexpectedly and that didn't go so well. And not only did it not go so well, it ended rather traumatically for me. Mm -hmm. um, really, really traumatically. And I won't go into all of those details, but for me, it was a surrendering to the universe for lack of a better way. I was so traumatized. I kind of fled the scene, literally like left the company, everything behind, went to the Bahamas, um, took three weeks off of work to regroup and just kind of compose myself and truly just center myself. And in the process of being off, I got the idea you know, I don't know why I cannot make love relationships work. I'm super great in business. I, I can like feel like I can move the world, move, move mountains. I can barely get a good, decent date. What is the deal? And so it forced me to sit down and I tell people, I think it was the moment God was like, listen here, I need you to sit your butt down and we're going to talk about some things. And so I had this idea one night that what if, for just a year, for 365 days, I stopped trying to be validated by relationships, stopped trying to get back something I felt I was owed or I was lost, stopped trying to prove to the world that I am whole if I recover from this divorce and show up with a new man and a new ring and a new mm -hmm. husband and a baby, stopped trying to do what the world says makes me whole and happy and healthy and just sit my butt down and do for myself what I've been doing for these guys, these people in my life. And it, it extends far beyond just the men in my life. The, the impetus for me was the relationship stuff. But as we take this further, my employees, my friends, mm -hmm. my family, I'm that, I was that classic people pleaser that's like pouring myself out all in the world and coming up empty as a result. And so the message to me was what if just for a, a year you gave yourself that energy? And I just was like, I wonder who I would be. Like, it's very clear the relationship path is not where I'm supposed to be. I mean, it's blowing up right and left. Like nothing I do is working. And it took trauma and drama and heartache for me to sit my butt down. But I cannot tell you that over the last six months as I've poured into myself, just the amazing healing that has happened to my heart, but like the amazing things that are happening in my life that I re have now realized, if you sit your butt down, there's a lot of good that just comes to you. And all that striving was a waste of energy and time. And so the book was just this happenstance, um, accidental thing I stumbled on, I chose to write it in a day, A, because I actually did not think it would be hard to come up with 365 ways to honor myself. My sister kept going, well, why do you have to do it today? I'm like, look, girl, I'm off. I don't even know when I'm going back to work. But more importantly, I've been working on this professional victim story for 10 plus years. It's still not done. And I need this for me. This book was never about mm. promoting, about publishing, about selling. I wanted this in my hands at the beginning of the year. And yes, I own a marketing firm, so <laughs> I will publish it myself. I have designers, writers, all of that. And I wrote it in a day and I brought it back to work. And um, my designer looked at it. She brought her creative gifts, which included lots of ideas about quotes and interactive mm. exercises. I didn't come up with that. That was my designer. And then my editor got a hold of it and she did her magic and 
together, you know, we were able to self-publish this book. I had never intended that this was going to be the book that would launch kind of the speaking career. I knew I would be a speaker and I knew it was attached to my story. Oddly, the book doesn't tell as much as my story of my story, but the story behind the book allows me to share more publicly what was going on behind the scenes. So I'm honestly still kind of tripping off of the whole thing. Like, oh, like <laughs> this was the book, this little thing. Okay. So it's been fun though. It's amazing. And um, I'm going to link it up so everybody can get their own copy of the love project. And when I saw you at your launch party here in Hampton roads, you said that you were going to do the book along with everybody else. Have you actually been doing it? I have been doing the book. Now, it's funny because a lot of people are like, well, what happens if you skip a day? And I'm like, I mean, what happens if you skip a day? I don't, I'm not there like checking it off. But therein lies the issue a lot of us have. Like, I, I know I will, I always speak for myself. I don't try to speak for other women, but I am a reformed perfectionist some days and an extreme perfectionist on other days. And you know, I have to say, you know, it doesn't matter how you do this book. It's not a linear book, if unless you want it to be. I have been doing the book. I would say at the rate I have been doing the book, it'll probably take me about five years to finish. But um, <laughs> the exercises, honestly, are so deep. You have to kind of just sit with them for a while. Yes. And there, what I've learned is like, what's what is the rush and so the the cool thing is I've learned it doesn't take a lot of loving yourself to be intentional and whether I do the exercises in the book every day or not each exercise has a ripple effect and every day I'm reminded whether I'm in the book or out of the book to do something to take care of myself and that's been that's the whole point of the message right so I tell people, do it forward, do it backwards, skip a day, go back to the something you loved. A lot of people get hemmed up on day one out the gate and like put the book down. I, that I, There was no rhyme or reason. If you're laying down a book in a day, you're just not thinking that you're just kind of blurting it out. But, um, you know, I tell people day one is write yourself a love letter. A lot of people get stuck off the bat, then skip it. Go find something easy breezy. I kind of do the I dream a genie trick with the book and just kind of um and like let it fall open to a page and see where <laughs> I land. but yeah I'm just doing the exercises the, the ones I've done and as I work my way through the book I, I my heart feels so different just you know in this short amount of time than it did I I'm grateful that God would give me the intuition to just do something so easy so simple that actually has been hugely life-changing for me personally and um, hopefully for others as well. I know one of the things that, and you mentioned this, is is we as women think that we aren't whole, we aren't complete unless we have all the things that we're supposed to have. And I, right. I put that, nobody can see the quotations, but you, I put that in quotations. Um, but what the thing that I found, and I'm not sure if you found this also, is if we aren't whole and complete before going into those relationships, we never will be whole and complete. It's got to start right. with us. Right, exactly. So yeah. what has been the biggest discovery that you've had about yourself on this journey? Honestly, Megan, there's so many discoveries still coming. The one that has resonated me consistently since the moment I held a microphone to introduce this book, which was in Atlanta in January, is honestly how doggone powerful I am. Mm -hmm. And 
I cannot tell you what it feels like to show up in the world, own your story, own your drama, own your ugly stuff, share it and be like, what? <laughs> what? Like, so what? It has not made me less of a business owner. It has not made me less of a friend, less of a woman. And my power has come from letting go of the insecurity, letting go of the shame. And I've learned more than anything, 99% of the battle I believe we have is between our ears. It's, it's in our head. And so there was this flipping of the switch, I think, that happened when I introduced the book and released the book. And when I started sharing and realized, wow, by raising my voice and, and talking about things like my mental health and the struggles I've had in that space, um, about being abandoned by a, a husband who couldn't deal with the aftermath of that, about desiring to get married again and realizing I'm in a very emotionally toxic place and how did I, a successful business owner, end up here? And just as a business owner saying, guys, I look great on the outside and I'm hurting on the inside. To give voice to those things, as scary as they may have been, and they have been scary to say, because you have all this, well, if I say this, then this will hurt this. And that's all stuff that's happening in my brain. But the reality of what has happened when I've shared has validated for me, you are not required to be anybody in this world, but who God made you to be. And when I realized God allowed me to go through all of these things and never once did I imagine those things would be used to help others, help inspire others, help people recognize themselves and their lives and the broken pieces of themselves in my storyline. Um, when I, I realized God was using me that way, it, I literally made me want to like roar and shout and stand up and dance and be all of who I am behind closed doors in person. And that's just been awesome. Like to be able to be you through and through what, like, <laughs> what's going to happen? And I think we let our fear uh, more than anything block us and, and keep us diminished, small, playing to a crowd and an audience that honestly is somewhat invisible in some ways. It's just some, a lot of these things we've created in our minds. So kind of a, a weird way to answer the question, but no, I love it. I think it's very powerful. And a lot of the things that you've experienced have stigmas attached to them, like mental health. I, we, you know, we connected on, you know, our mental health struggles, you know, cause I struggle with depression and, and stuff like that, or I'm a lot better at it. Self-care is huge. Right, um, you know, or divorce or, you know, like you said, being a businesswoman and end up in a, like a toxic relationship. They have all these stigmas attached to where, you know, we get all up in our heads because we're like, but people say this and people say that. Have you even come across people that have used those things against you? Um, gosh, Megan, that's a good question. I was asked this question a, a long time ago, not related to this. And I, for years was like, I answered that question wrong. The answer found me like two <laughs> years later. I'm going to say, honestly, I'm going to say if I, it has been used against me, I'm not aware of it. Mm -hmm. The reality is you never know what people are thinking. Just like you don't know how, if someone thinks what you've been through is good or bad, 
Mm-hmm. The reality is it doesn't matter. Everything, everyone's perception is formed by their own experiences. So if I share with you my struggles with depression, um, mental health, and, and all of that, if you judge it, it's still based on your experience, good or bad. Yeah. You could have had a great experience. You could have it. It's never really about you. And so honestly, I have been through so much stuff and it has happened so publicly. This was with or without the book. I had to learn years ago how to kind of just stand in it. And oddly, I think I started sharing years ago um, in small circles and small groups what I was going through. And looking back, I see that was actually a way for me to just control the, the narratives. Because if I tell Megan, hey, this is what's happening and what's going on with me, now you don't have to get it from a girlfriend or get it at the water cooler. Does that mean people weren't talking about me? I'm very comfortably aware people are always probably talking about me. <laughs> and I have been well before this book. And that's where I just have to go. I can't worry. I literally would drive myself immensely crazy because I'm already a little bit crazy, but um, <laughs> immensely crazy trying to keep up with what I thought everybody was thinking in that way. But um, to my knowledge, I cannot think of an instance where it was used directly against me and and more than anything I've actually found a lot of support Mm -hmm. validation and encouragement more than anything from people because I think what I've noticed more than anything is when I share something vulnerable with you ironically subconsciously I kind of give you permission and typically when I share someone shares something back with me so does that mean there's not a whole like chatterbox thing going on Quite possibly. I just don't know. About it. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But. I, completely, I completely agree. I actually just posted on Facebook the other day because I'd read an article where this woman was being judged at Walmart because she had multiple kids and um, some of them, they were all biracial children and she was using a, you know, food stamps card and some couple had made a comment behind her about like, you know, multiple babies, daddies and blah, 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 blah. And come to find out she was a foster mom. So she was using the card because that's what the state gave her to help feed these children she was a foster mom for. Um, And then other foster moms took up for her anyways. It triggered me because I have multiple babies, daddies, and I have all these things, you know, that I've been through that people tend to use and judge against me. But I made this huge post about, like, we need to be really cognizant of our judgments and, you know, we have these snap judgments because of our beliefs and perceptions, but that doesn't mean those judgments are right because we don't know that person's story. We don't know, like, you know, if somebody heard from somebody, like you said, you weren't out there being vulnerable and sharing your story and they heard from somebody, your story, they might have a different perception than if they hear it from you. Right. And they hear the hurt and they hear the transition and they hear the pain and, and they know that you took the hurt and pain that you went through and used it for a greater good instead of staying in the victim mode. You're now a survivor mode. You know, I've been through this. So I love that. What kind of um, transformations have you seen from people that have been doing your book along the way? Yeah, I think, um, one of the most powerful, I've had several powerful encounters and, um, you know, feedback that really, really touched me on a a very deep level. Um, I think one of the biggest was um, in Atlanta, um, shortly after 
the Atlanta Jazz Brunch launch, we had an event called Cupcakes and Conversations. Mm. And there was a lady who had been at the Jazz Brunch and she said, um, she kind of stood up to speak and I, I didn't really know where what we were going to be talking about it was just kind of like organic conversation with the ladies who were doing the project and new people who came to the event. And um, I asked her, Hey, you know, can you share what, how, how your sister circle is going? And she said, you know what? I, I don't want to share about my sister circle. I want to say thank you to you. And it's a very, um, for me, a very uncomfortable feeling when people are thanking me because I, all of this sharing is just truly something I think God, I don't think I know God has placed this burden on me to blurt this out. I mean, so that's why it doesn't matter what people think. I, I know there are lots of people in my personal spaces who would rather I keep my mouth shut sometimes, but <laughs> I have a heavy burden on my heart to get this message out. And so I, I struggled because with Atlanta, I didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't know how deep the project, the message was going to go. I knew I had this book. I was like, we got to go all the way back 12 years. I didn't know where God was going to lead me. And I felt God prompt my heart in the Atlanta talk to, to say mental illness, not depression, not some nicer euphemism for it, but to call it what it was. And mm -hmm. she said at Cupcakes and Conversations, I want to thank you because I heard you say mental illness. Now, she didn't know I was struggling with that exact word. And I was sitting in my head going, for real, God? Like, I got to say, okay. So. <laughs> but she said, I want to thank you because I heard you say mental illness. And I struggled with even coming to that event. And I felt God lead, tell me to go. It was raining. It was pouring. It was like horrible, worst weather ever people fought to get there. And she said, but I heard you say mental illness. And for years, I have been feeling like a shell of myself. And when I heard you say mental illness, it resonated because it never occurred to me that that could be what's going on with me. And as a result, because of you, I have a diagnosis and I want to say thank you because you saved my life. Like when someone says that to you and you're like, for real? Like I saved your life and they mean it and it's not an exaggeration and you realize that very thing you were struggling with being vulnerable about and sharing about yourself was the thing that quite possibly did save someone's life. It, it makes you go, whoa, like I can't take credit for that. I was Shawnee, the Shawnee <laughs> ego person outside of Shawnee would never say that. That was just, again, me being obedient to what I felt was placed on my spirit and what I felt the moment required mm -hmm. and not letting the voices, the rhetoric in my head telling me all the reasons I shouldn't say it. I mean, for God's sake, I do have clients and employees and people whose jobs and livelihoods are, are on my shoulders every day. I never want to say something that would endanger that. But in, in that moment, that was what was required. So to get two months later, the validation of that moment from someone who never knew what the struggle inside me was, that was pretty huge and still powerful and gives me chill bumps and tears and wells me up every time. I'm grateful for her sharing that with me. I think it took as much vulnerability. Oh. And I've had a few stories since then um, along those lines. So that's pretty been, been amazing and nice and humbling all at the same time. Yeah, I, I agree that, you know, it's kind of sometimes we're like, 
did I really just do that? Am I really the person that really just did that? Like that said this thing or did this thing that caused this amazing uproar in the, in like in the social media or in a conference or in whatever it is that's like speaking our truth and like showing up the way that we are meant to show up that can really, you know, lead other people. And, um, sitting at the launch party in Hampton Roads and looking around at all the faces of the women and seeing some women were crying. Some women were just like so riveted by your story because we could all see ourselves in you. We could all see like pieces of our story in your story. And that's what it made so powerful. But the one part that like, man, I'm getting chills just thinking about it is when you started, I want to say you started taking your clothes off. <laughs> Sort of kind of. Sort of kind of. Go ahead. He didn't really get naked. <laughs> but you know, I loved I loved how you were talking about like the masks and the roles right. that you had played. And that's, you know, you took your shoes off, you took your necklace off, you took your blazer off. She didn't get naked, guys. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, can you share a little bit more about that with my audience? Because I thought that was a very powerful piece to the whole thing. Yeah, I'm a, such an intuitive speaker presenter. Mm -hmm. I hate to keep giving you the same answer mm -hmm. I learned because of Atlanta where I did not know what I was going to say to not script anything. Mm -hmm. And so I literally before each um, talk, each performance, each speech, I'd say a very simple prayer. I said it in January and it is simply all of you and none of me and whatever because of the Atlanta leaning into the mental illness storyline, I just learned to go for it all out and do whatever the heck crazy is coming in my mind. So I, it was, I had no clue in Virginia Beach, Hampton Roads, what I was going to do. My sister was there and was like, Oh Lord, is she going to take all everything off? I kind of, <laughs> that's what I felt led to do. It was a beautiful way to kind of unmask myself. Um, I re I'm very, very aware that when I'm introduced and when I'm on stage, people see a very powerful, poised, pulled together, beautiful person. Um, and I think it's important for me to share that you can be all of that and you are can still be very, very broken. And so oddly, I think the taking off the shoes, you know, these beautiful... Mm. Christian Louboutin shoes. They were so pretty. <laughs> kicking them across the floor and taking off mm. pearls, which again, not pre-planned, but if you think about pearls and wisdom and the symbolism of pearls and a blazer in hindsight, I can go back and be like, oh God, you did that. But Shawnee just is probably not quite, I am creative, but I don't know that I would have thought that through or it'd have been a lot more scripted. So and honestly, Megan, I've never done that since. I have roared. I did that at Modern Film, and they were looking at me like I was crazy. And we were, I'm roaring like a lion and making the room roar. That was a lot of fun, too. But I, that's been kind of the fun of it. Like I said, I get to show up as me, um, unapologetically me. And that's like sides of myself I've never brought to work, like the fun, the crazy. I am so ready to like dance on stage. I'm waiting for it because I need some good music and I'm ready for that. But that I haven't been. My, my spirit hasn't prompted me to do that yet, but um, yeah, I just think it's important to be real and relatable, and I don't, I, as a result, I just kind of go with how my energy flows that day, so. Yeah, it was powerful because, like, you took off those shoes. Each layer you took, to took off, it was like you became more and more vulnerable, um, because you are right. When people see you, you're very poised, you're beautiful, you 
you know, you're well put together. Like, you know, I've never seen you a hot mess. I'm sure you are sometimes because we all are, but you're always, you always look so well put together. I remember when I first met you, I was just like, I was just as nervous as you were sitting at that table and having to pick out those birds of the things that were, and admit to people that like, I wasn't like intimate with my husband because like that was one of my words too. And I was just, and then like that brought everybody down to a level that I'm like, oh my gosh, I fit in. And I think that was like a tipping point for me to where I was like, now when I'm doing something and I'm like, I'm not sure if I could do this, like launching a podcast or speaking at conferences that I, I attended previously now I'm just like, but I remember that moment, you know, and moments like you taking off the shoes and the pearls and the blazer that like women like you that I admire are just like me. Right. And we're all just like each other because we're all human. And I think that's kind of the message that I'm, I'm hoping is resonating with people. You, you don't have to be either or you can be and you can be successful and powerful and wear Louboutins and you can be broke down in a hot mess at the same, <laughs> the same time. I, one of the things I love, I, um, I actually like to go from the stage and then leave like with a hoodie, my hair and a ponytail and high tops. Like that's my, um, I, that's kind of my dichotomy, if you will. And I also this year, because of the book have allowed myself to have, honestly different personalities different parts of my personality parts of who I am emerge when necessary so when I need to be the CEO she's here and she's the boss lady she's the girl boss she's whatever form of boss she wants to be um if I need to be the friend I don't I don't need to be on all the time and there's been a lot of um value I've realized in turning up when I need to turn up and going all the way down keeping my private circles intimate so it's this really weird thing like as vocal clearly I, I talk a lot I tell my mom she got her return on her investment with my college degree <laughs> um what I've realized is I I get to define who I am for whoever I want to be and as much as I share I still it's my choice and so if you I love that you talk about how you were feeling well as vulnerable as I was sitting there holding that cup and so my, um, now I'm taking over your interview, but my oh, question no, back to you would be, like, what did you think was going to happen? Because that's back to the, when I say, and what, like yeah. we have this thing we think we're going to, that's going to happen. If I share myself with these strangers, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think I would be up to the level that everybody else was, you know, cause they're like, I was, I was one of the few attendees sitting in a room full of speakers. Right. And I was like, I wasn't even a speaker then. Right. Um, you know, I was, I just had this idea for a business. I hadn't even started it yet. Right. Like the, my confidence level. I mean, I was confident, but not that confident. And I was like, what are they going to think? Like I, I'm not up to their level. And then all these women went around these beautiful, intelligent, powerful women went around and were sharing these like snippets of like their vulnerability that I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is, it was just an eye-opening experience because social media and everything we do is like this highlight reel because you are not going to show up at a speaking engagement wearing sweatpants and a hoodie because right. that's, you know, not professional right. speakers do. We might share some of our story during that, but we don't see that, like, we don't get to share that, like, raw vulnerability there, but that, that, 
that night we did. Right. It was amazing. When therein lies the power, right? So the power that happened at that table, we were just two of the people at that table. You look at all that's happened in a year for me since leaving that conversation. Yes. And mind you, I never spoke about whatever I was there to talk about ever that whole week. <laughs> <laughs> but I walked away with this cup with happiness and intimacy in it. And later within months of that interaction and encounter, I have the book idea. I write a book, I launch a book. So by the time you see me a year later, I have this whole platform, but the same thing happened for you. And so what I say, like, and what, like, so you share it and what that big yep. bad wolf, that thing in your head, that mean girl who's shouting at you, you can't this and that. I've just been saying all year, you have to tell her to have several seats. It has gotten so deep for me when I hear, cause the voice is there all the time. She's yeah. like really loud in my ear a lot. And I, now I can name her. I can flag her voice a lot more easily. I swear, Megan, like a few weeks ago, she was shouting at me. I, I, in my mind, pinned her to the wall with like a dart in my head and she shut up and I went and did what I had to do. So if you would have never shared what you shared, you know, perhaps all the beautiful things that have happened to you since, because if I'm not mistaken, you returned as a speaker the next year. Yes. And yeah. a podcaster and I'm going to be an author and it's, it's, it's insane. It really, it's like once you open yourself up to the possibilities and allow yourself to be vulnerable, like we allowed ourselves to be, it amazing and magical things happen that you exactly. can't even you can't even see coming like you don't even know like that that that's gonna happen you know the messages and comments and stuff I get from people even people that like I was like this person really doesn't like me like this person really does not like me at all right that my message I said the right thing and it resonated with them and brought them closer to me it, it's, it's just, it's, it's a wild thing. Yeah. Um, but we are getting ready to run low on time. So okay. I do want to ask you if you could leave my audience with one thing and whether it's one thing you've learned from writing this book, one thing you've learned from your journey, one piece of the puzzle that could help them on their journey, what would you want them to know? Um, it's funny. This was the one question that I was prepared for. And I Yay. was like, Oh my God, I have so much wisdom to give. I asked my team and they were like, you say this and you say that. And of course now I'm not going to say any of that. I'm going to say kind of what we've been talking about. I think the one piece of wisdom or advice or parting thought I would leave with the audience is that when you recognize that the biggest enemy that you've been fighting, the biggest demon fighting you and blocking your blessings is you. When you realize it's you, it's what you think about yourself. It's what you allow others to tell you, you should be thinking, should be feeling, should be doing. And it's when you respond and act according to that negative programming, those negative beliefs, that's when we're defeated. And so I think for me, what I've learned the most this year is how to, to break out of my own negative self-talk, negative narrative. And so the whole impetus behind the book was like, after 365 days of this, I want to know who I'm going to be. And we're, 
we're about halfway through the year and I've already transformed. So imagine the type of relationships I will attract love relationships. Cause that's what I'm looking for. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine the type of people who will now come into my space, not because they weren't there before, but because I have a healthier self-esteem, I have a healthier view of who I am and what I will and won't take and won't accept changes. And so the magic of it all is when I stopped believing my own negative programming that I had to give love to get love, give love to others to get love back to me, that's when things started to change. There's nothing wrong with loving others. It's not a book about like, don't love other people, but you should never be loving others more than you love yourself. And that's where I went wrong. And I think that was a lot of Bible, a lot of church, a lot of die to yourself and turn the other cheek and stuff that was programmed in me for rightful purposes. But the reality is God requires me to love myself as I love other people. And when I realized I was not honoring who he made me to be that's when the world changed and opened up so when you can conquer the biggest demon inside of you the, the biggest baddest thought the biggest baddest fear and beat it down with a stick or just tap it good so it makes a way for you know you have to beat it down real hard but take a step toward that very thing you're afraid of um, I, I don't think I know the world will open up for you in a whole new way. So this has been absolutely beautiful. I'm going to be linking up all of the links and everything that you sent me for everybody to connect with you. And I hope they will, because you are just such a bright, beautiful woman and people need more Shawnee in their lives. Thank you. I'll put my voice on replay for you. I told my clients, I'm like, do you need me to just send you a, like a voice message with my voice telling you these things? She's like, that'd be great. I'm like, okay, let's do this. I'm like, I'm totally down, but this has been so amazing. And I know that my audience is going to come away with so many nuggets of wisdom. So thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I love seeing you wherever I see you, whether it's in person or Facebook, you equally light up my life. I'm, I've been trying not to laugh too much in this interview, which is always <laughs> fun when you're just having fun and having a great yeah. conversation. So thank you for um, allowing me time and um, the ability to, to talk to and pour into your audience. And, and thank you for inspiring me and being the inspired woman that you are. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.